as we walk through our psalm today. Verses 6 through 12 of Psalm 2. As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree the Lord said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and that I will make you rich into your heritage, the lands of the earth and your possessions. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And the Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory, and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Old Testament reading this day is from Exodus in the 24th chapter. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God, and ate, and drank. And the Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and wait there, that I may give you the tablets of stone with the law and the commandments, which I have written for their instruction. So Moses rose with his assistant Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, Wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him go to them. And then Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. The glory of the Lord dwelt on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. And Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading from the second letter from Peter. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven. 
For we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. I invite you to rise and honor the gospel. <clears throat> from Matthew's gospel in the 17th chapter. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the gospel of our Lord. Give me crispy treats after church. <laughs> Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, you gather us together once again around your word and around your gifts on this day where we see Jesus shine in your glory. We pray that you would also work by your spirit, remove distractions from our hearts and minds, and let us hear your words for us in Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Well, here it is. It's Transfiguration Sunday. It's a different day in the church year. You see the color of the lights back there change from the green that we were at to the white. This is the last day of the season of Epiphany. Right? That season between Christmas Day and Lent. And so these several weeks as we've been in this season of this time where we see Jesus for who he is, right? Christmas time, we hear of him being born. During Epiphany, we see that he is born the Savior for Israel and for the Gentiles. And we start to see Sunday after Sunday who this Jesus is. And for the past few Sundays, we've been walking through the Sermon on the Mount. Again, as people started to wrap their heads around who this guy is that speaks with authority, that doesn't just teach as one of the teachers that they've had from times past, and doesn't just teach on what the teachers before them taught, who also repeated what the teachers before them taught, but actually talked like the guy who wrote the words, which makes sense. He is the word. And so as he would speak, he would speak as one who had authority. So everybody's been trying to wrap their heads around who this Jesus is. Well, now we're going to fast forward a little bit. 
to this day of the transfiguration, where they go up the mountain on the Mount of Transfiguration. For us, it's been one week since we heard his words. In the account of his life, it's been several weeks at this point. So they were on the uh, north end of the Sea of Galilee, up by Capernaum for the Sermon on the Mount, and a lot of things have happened between that time and between the account from today. He's raised a girl from the dead, he's cast out demons, he's fed thousands of people on a hillside, he's calmed storms, he's uh, walked on water, he's done a lot of teaching, he spoke on parables, he's done a whole lot. And in this moment, he takes Peter, James, and John, that kind of inner three, right? He says, come here, we're going to go for a walk. In the back of my mind, I always wonder a little bit, if they started to think through the account of Abraham and Isaac. You know, Abraham said, hey, Isaac, we're going to go for a walk up a mountain. Peter, James, and John going, we're going to follow this guy up a mountain? Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So you just kind of wonder what those thoughts were at times, you know? But they're following him up this mountain, and they're going up there, and they're probably just thinking, okay, he's been wanting to get around, get away for a time to pray And uh, so that's what we're going to do because he always encourages us to go into a quiet place and go pray. So here he's going to take us off onto this mountain to go pray. And as they're standing there, everything changes, right? Everything changes. They look up and all of a sudden, Jesus is shining, shining like they have never seen anything shine before, a face shining like the sun clothes that are turning bright white, brighter than anything they could ever have seen before in clothing, just an amazing array of glory and brightness. And Peter, in all of his excitement, says, it's good we're here. Well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Says, good we're here. Let us build three little tents, uh, altars, spaces, so we can remember this time, so we can sit up here on this mountaintop, so we can bask in your glory, so we can remember the high points of when you were here. And man, this must be the day that God is going to change everything and bring Israel back up on the map. And finally, Jesus is showing his majesty, and now we're going to get going. And then they see two other guys, Moses and Elijah law and the prophets, all these words that came before Jesus that pointed to Jesus, Moses and the law of what God had given to Moses for the people of Israel to show them what life would look like as his children, pointing to a time to one who would fulfill it. And all the words of the prophets that spoke the promises of God that he would be there for them through exile and through rejoining them back to the promised land. And as all of those prophets would speak as the one who would be to come, that would be there as the Messiah, the one who would save the people. All these words of Moses and Elijah pointing to Jesus and Peter still standing there in the excitement of everything until God spoke. (laughs) Think through, again, all of the imagery that's going on in that moment, right? As they had heard Jesus speak at the Sermon on the Mount, at the end of it when he says, not a letter of the law or the prophets is going to pass away, for I'm coming to not do away with them, but to fulfill them. And now they visually see that in front of them. And they remember the voice of God shared with Moses up on the mountain 
and now they see the same thing happening with a cloud enveloping this mountain and things changing around them. And then all of a sudden, this voice coming out echoing the exact same words that were said at his baptism. This is my beloved son. And I think what's beautiful in that moment is that God doesn't say, look at him. He says, listen to him. Listen to the word. Listen to what he says. You see, when God spoke, finally Peter, James, and John had the right reaction. <laughs> Fell down on the ground terrified. As I think any of us would in that same moment too. If there were to be a cloud descend down upon and a voice like none you had ever heard before shake and rattle absolutely everything, I bet we would all freak out a little bit too and hit the ground in fear of something that was so awe-inspiring and amazing that it would shake us to our very core. And then Jesus steps in once again. And as they're listening to just about anything that could go on, the next words out of Jesus' mouth that they get to listen to are, get up, stop fearing. I'm with you. What beautiful words. Because as they looked up, they saw nothing but Jesus only. It's where we can get in trouble a lot of times. When we start to try and figure out how to have Jesus and something. How to have Jesus and then go back and put our merit in how to fulfill the law. If we go back to Jesus and something else, but our salvation and everything else that God has given to us is not Jesus and something else. It's Jesus only. It's not Jesus and your works. It's not Jesus and your belief. It's not Jesus and any of these other things. It's the gifts that God has given you to believe in Jesus only. Him alone is your Savior. Him alone is the one that says, rise, get up, don't be afraid. You see, it's not just the Jesus glorified up on the mountain. Because he even spoke to the disciples again. Don't tell anybody about this day. Until the Son of God has risen from the dead. Until I have risen from the grave to show you exactly what it means to be your Savior. Until I have come back from a place that no one else has come back from on their own. Until I have done away with all of the things that would separate you from God. Until you have seen me up upon a cross, suffered and dying. Until you've seen me buried in a tomb. Until you've seen me standing in front of you once again. Then you can tell people about this day. Then you can tell them who I am as man and God. Then you can tell them what it means for me to be the Savior because I'm not the one who's coming in glory and majesty to simply be a new ruler or a new king. I'm the one that's coming to forgive your sins. One that's coming to stand again and give you eternal life. The one who's coming to bring life through death and hand over to you life so that you won't have death. You see, it's in Jesus. Only that we have that. And that is what's given to you in his word. That's what's given to you in the words of the prophets. And all those things that Jesus fulfilled and then hands over to you in his own hands and says, now all those other things that pointed to me, I give 
to you as a free and gracious gift, eternal life handed over from the very word of God himself. Amen. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the love which you have shown us, for the grace which you have given us, for the mercy that you have had for us and the forgiveness of sins worked out and handed over so freely by Jesus only. We thank you for all that you do, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to count us as your very own and to give us life. And we pray that you give us courage also to point others to Jesus alone. In his name we pray. Amen. I invite you to rise as we sing.